Let's do that hockey. Hey, everybody. Welcome, and thanks for listening to the Dauber Prospects podcast, episode 111. I'm your host, Peter Harling, and if this is your first time listening to this podcast, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for listening. Uh, if you've been a long-time listener, uh, or if it's your first time and you enjoy the show, go ahead and give me a follow on Twitter. The show podcast uh, Twitter account is at DPR underscore show, Dopper Prospects Radio. Uh, my Twitter handle is Farling, uh, P-H-A-R-L-I-N-G. Go ahead and give me a follow. Subscribe to the podcast. Give me a five-star like, all those good things. So today's episode, uh, we've been doing the top 10 prospect rankings for each NHL team. It's an article series that I've been writing for NHL Rumors. I uh, hope you've been reading them and following them. I tweet them out. I include them in the show notes. And uh, I've had guests on for each episode, but today uh, is going to be a solo episode. I have a new computer, and I'm just kind of figuring some things out with how to how to make the podcast <clears throat> going from a win- uh, Mac computer to a Windows computer. So new software and all those things so I didn't want to experiment with a guest so I'll do this one alone so this episode will be the Colorado Avalanche top 10 prospects and now that there's uh, a couple of games in each league under our belts for this season and I've been to a few games I thought I'd talk about some fantasy hockey relevant prospects that are off to hot starts uh, and that have low fan tracks ownership so this will be for Owners that are in the deep, deep leagues. That's kind of the niche of this show, uh, being a Dauber Network podcast. It obviously has fantasy hockey slant to it. So there's fantasy hockey talk and being the prospects side, uh, it's talking about um, players who aren't in the NHL yet that you'll have to roster for a while and they'll pay dividends for you down the road. Um, so starting with the Colorado Avalanche, top 10 prospects. Again, this article can be found on um, NHL rumors, not not Dauber Hockey, surprisingly. So no guess for this, but I've been starting each uh, top 10 rankings off to doing a quick little organizational overview. And the Avalanche are obviously a Stanley Cup contending team. They've got a dynamite roster with... A fantastic core. Uh, Nathan McKinnon is the cornerstone of that team. He's their number one center. He's a franchise superstar player. Joined by Kale McCarr. Um, he's a stud on the blue line. You've got the uh, Miko Rantanen. They're a power forward winger. Captain Gabriel Landeskog. Uh, all homegrown talent. They're surrounding them with uh, some up-and-coming big guns too. Bowen Byram and Alex Newhook are are either on the team or on the brink of making the team as I record this episode. Uh, they've had some misses in their drafting and development history. Um, they've had uh, Connor Bleakley, Joey Hishon, both first-round picks that failed to live up to uh, their their first-round status. Tyson Jost is on the roster. He's been in NHL for a few seasons. Um, but he's 10th overall selection, uh, and the, I don't think he's quite living up to my expectations anyways for what I was thinking he was going to turn into at the NHL. So he's not a bust, but I, I, w- I would argue that he's a bit of a miss. Um, 
no teams have a perfect track record. And uh, like I said, the Avalanche have done a very good job of drafting and developing some superstar talent. They were pretty bad for a while, so they've had the advantage of having some high draft picks to help make that easier. Um, but they've also um, shown patience with the development of their prospects um, and shown good asset management overall. So their top-ranked prospect is uh, Bowen Byram, and it was a pretty easy choice. I did give some serious consideration to Alex Newhook, but uh, Bowen Byram is is their top prospect right now. He's actually made the team to start the season. Uh, he's played in eight games. He's got a goal and and four assists for for five points. He's their 2019 first round pick, selected fourth overall. So not too surprising that he's uh, doing very well. A little bit surprising though, because the Avalanche have a a pretty pretty solid defensive core, and it was questionable whether or not, for me anyways, if he was going to be able to crack the roster coming into the season. So his development curve last year, he's in the COVID short season. Uh, he didn't play until the World Juniors, where he starred with Team Canada. Um, he was named captain of that roster, and they only lost one game the entire tournament. Sadly, it was the for, for Canada, it was the gold medal game, uh, which landed them the silver medal. So that's still pretty impressive. Um, following the World Juniors, the WHL resumed, um, but despite the fact that he was still WHL eligible, he ended up playing uh, in 19 games in the NHL last year, maintaining his eligibility for the Calder Trophy as the league's top rookie and his eligibility for um, me ranking him in their top 10. Should, certainly should be a, a Calder candidate going into the season, and it's difficult for defense to win it because it's really points-driven, and with Kale McCarr getting the lion's share of the offensive minutes in, in Colorado on the back end, he'll be in tough. I think to win it, if he were on a different team, I think his chances would be slightly better if they were still a good team, but maybe lacked uh, the stud on the blue line. So he'll have to share that with Makar. Um, but it's still still within his, his grasp, I think, to, to do it. Uh, he plays a nice, a little bit more of a robust style than Makar, which um, may have cost him some games earlier in his career. Uh, his last season, as he, he ended the year with an injury. Um but, I mean, if you look at the two of those studs that Colorado is boasting on the blue line, uh, that looks that looks real nice for them uh, going down the future. Uh, the only other team that can really rival that one-two punch in, in top young prospects is Buffalo with, with Rasmus Dahlin and, and Owen Power. And you could really make an argument which one's better for either side there, which, which pair you like better, the Buffalo side or, or the Colorado side. So Bowen Byram... Barely makes it onto this list, but because he does, he's, he's number one. Coming in at number two on the list is Alex Newhook, Colorado Avalanche, 2019 first-round pick, 16th overall selection. He is a 20-year-old, a little undersized at 5'10", 190. And since his draft year, being drafted... Um, out of the BCHL, he went to the NCAA route, played uh, with Boston College. In his freshman season, he had 42 points in 34 games with, with 19 goals. That's not too shabby. And then last year, 
his freshman season in the COVID-shortened season. Only played 12 games, but 7 goals, 16 points, so well over a point a game. And then he also um, finished that season and signed his pro contract. Uh, Played a handful of games in both the AHL and the NHL. So he had 9 points in 8 AHL games with the Colorado Eagles. And played six regular season games with the Avalanche where he had three points. So over a point a game in the AHL and half a point a game in six games in the NHL. But he also played in eight playoff games that year with the Avalanche and had two points in eight playoff games. So when college players graduate uh, or sign their contracts and, and leave college early and go to the pro level, they usually play a handful of games at the end of the season like this. And it's pretty easy to get overexcited about these players when they have uh, a really good showing in just a small sample size in the American Hockey League. Uh, I think of Taro Hirose as a, a good example for that. A recent college graduate signed with Detroit. Um, had a, I don't remember what his stats were. We had like nine points in six games or something to that effect. And hopes and expectations were really high, but the quality of play at competition that he played in and and the role he had at the end of the season really helped facilitate that production. And he hasn't really been able to duplicate that with any sort of consistency, certainly not at the NHL level um, and not even so much at the AHL level. Um, But what's impressive about Newhook and why I bring that up is he played eight playoff games so it's not like he was thrown onto a roster in meaningless games at the end of a season um, he was played in eight playoff games which um, you know all the marbles kind of thing he also wore the team Canada jersey for the world juniors uh, last season six points in six games so again point a game player and this season he has uh, one game in the NHL, no points, and he has since uh, played in the American Hockey League. Through six games there, he's got a pair of goals and a pair of assists for four points. So Newhook is a player I'm obviously quite keen on. Uh, I really like his fantasy value as well. He's a player I think uh, might not spend too much time in the American Hockey League this season, and depending on, on how long he's down there, uh, it could either this season or next season be a, a contender for the Calder Trophy. Um, maybe a sleeper one, but a contender nonetheless. My third ranked prospect for the Colorado Avalanche. This one is this is where it really starts to drop off. Last season I had him way up high. Um, definitely a fantasy relevant prospect. And he, since then he's been kind of trending in the wrong direction. Um, that's goaltender Yusis Anunin. He's a 2018 third-round pick, 64th overall, so some decent draft pedigree there. Uh, he's 21 years old, six foot four, um, and the reason why I'm so high on him is his his stats coming over from the Liga were fantastic. In 1920, he had a 15 five and three record with a 1.77 goals against average and six shutouts uh, he played for Finland at the World Juniors and he looked really great there too on a disappointing team albeit but uh, he looked good there um, so after that season he crossed 
No, oh, he played one more. Sorry, in uh, in Liga, uh, not quite as good. Seven nine and and seven record uh, on loan back to Carpat with a two point four three goals against average. He finished that season over in North America with the Colorado Eagles of the AHL. Played in two games, lost one, tied one. Two ninety three goals against average. Not great. Not bad. Uh, played in one playoff game and uh, lost that as well. The 21-22 season that we're in now, uh, the needle continues to move in the wrong direction. Uh, he's a 1-3-2 record with a 3.7 goals against average and an 8.58 save percentage. So I like the, the pedigree of this player. He's shown really well uh, at younger age, playing in, in junior, in the Liga, in a pro men's league, at the World Juniors. Um, he's just kind of maybe having a, a struggling uh, adjustment to the North American game, perhaps to smaller rinks. I'm not sure what it is. But in order for him to maintain his status as the third-ranked prospect in the Avalanche system, uh, or justify having it at this time even, uh, he really needs to figure some things out real quick and, and get his game turning back in the right direction. The fourth-ranked prospect I have is uh, defenseman Justin Barron. He was drafted in 2020, a first-round selection, 25th overall by the Colorado Avalanche. So kind of an embarrassment of riches on the blue line. They've got Makar, Byram, don't forget about Samuel Girard. And now you've got 23-year-old, uh, 20-year-old uh, on the horizon here too in, in Barron. So what I like about him with this team is he's got a nice uh, blend of size and mobility and skill. He's 6'2", 195, so he's not huge. He's not a, you know, a big physical presence, but he definitely does have an element of physicality to his game should he want to use it, um, even at the NHL level. Uh, he's got some strength, and he protects the, the puck really nicely. Um, he's got some leadership as well. His final year of junior, uh, captain of the Halifax Mooseheads, uh, and he produced nearly a point-per-game offensive pace there with 31 points in 33 games. He cracked the world junior roster and finished the year in the American Hockey League, playing top-pairing minutes, scoring four goals in seven games there. Um, right now, he's in his first full pro season and he's in the American Hockey League and at the time of recording is through six games he's got a goal and two points for three points so half a point per game he is more than likely going to spend the entire season in the American Hockey League given the depth that the Avalanche have on the blue line uh, so he'll get lots of reps and good minutes playing with the Colorado Eagles uh, and they'll take their time with his development there so the fifth-ranked prospect I have is Martin Kaut, 22-year-old right-winger. He's 6'2", 190. He's another first-round draft pick by the Colorado Avalanche. They selected him 16th overall in 2019. He already has three seasons of development in the American Hockey League with the Colorado Eagles, uh, and his point production and play uh, are continue slowly but surely to improve and get a little bit better all the time, which is one of the key things you want to look for in prospect development, that they don't stagnate uh, at any level. and They just continue to, to progress and play their way towards uh, an NHL job. He's been rewarded with uh, 14 NHL 
games to his credit so far. And last year to start the season during the COVID nonsense, he was loaned overseas um, and ended up playing with four different teams last season. He played uh, on loan to Moto. He played in the Czech League. And then when he came back to North America, once things got going over here, uh, he managed to play in five NHL games and 20 AHL games and he had 16 points in 20 games in the American Hockey League with the Eagles uh, but was held pointless in his five NHL games he's got another five games under his belt to start this 21-22 season as well but still no points Um, and then two games in the American Hockey League uh, where he has two points uh, so he's currently right now, I believe he's he's with the Avalanche. We'll see how long he stays there if he's if he's not scoring. Um, injuries will play a big part of that as well. All right, moving along to number six. Here I'm going left wing, right wing, Oscar Olison. Uh, he is the 2021 first round pick by the Avalanche. They selected him with the 28th overall pick. And the six foot two, one eighty one Swedish winger was also selected in the CHL import draft by the Barry Colts in the second round, hundred and eighteenth overall. Uh, this season is his first year in North America with the Colts, and I managed to catch him on TV so far, but not live. And he was very impressive. Um, he's six two, one eighty one, so he's got good size uh, for the OHL level. And he moves real well, and he's got a real nose for the net. Nice shot. Um, he's got 12 points through 10 games, 7 goals, and 5 assists. He's a strong skater that creates offense through transition. Um, he's speedy. He's a burner. He uses his speed to his advantage to create offense. Uh, his two-way play is also a strength to his game. And he competes hard on both sides of the puck. Um, his offensive upside at the NHL level um, might not translate to you know top first line player, maybe top six. Um, but because he's so versatile uh, and and the coach can put him in in a variety of situations, I'm not sure how high his ceiling is. But I certainly like his opportunity to play in the NHL at some point in his career. All right, so next on my list, coming in at number seven, I'm going with um, big Finnish winger Sampo Ranta. He is another left wing, right wing, six foot two, 194, and he's well acclimated to North America already. He played two seasons in the USHL with Sioux City Musketeers, three seasons in the NCAA with University of Minnesota. And in his career in the NCAA, his point totals continued to improve season after season from 16 points to 20 points to 31 and 31 in his final season um, in 2021. Following that year, he turned pro, signed his uh, pro contract, finished the season in the American Hockey League, playing 14 games with the Colorado Eagles having seven points there. So his offense transitioned to pro level immediately. And he played uh, two playoff games for both the Colorado Eagles and 
the Avalanche even, um, scoring two points in the AHL playoffs, uh, no points with the Avs and the big roster. So that was last season. This year going into this season, I would have anticipated that he would have a full season of development playing in the American Hockey League, getting lots of minutes, um, but he's actually made the roster to start the season. He's got eight games so far played. Still hasn't scored a point yet, um, so it remains to be seen how long he stays there. But this is a player who's trending up fast and hard in fantasy hockey. He was in college last year, and now he's he's in the NHL. Rather not that's to, to stay for the season, there definitely remains to be seen. But uh, even if it's not, if he goes back to the NHL, it won't be for long, and he'll be back in the NHL um playing uh, a style similar to to Miko Rantanen if the Avalanche have any say in the situation. Next up, 8th overall, another forward. This is going to be Jean-Luc Foudy. He is a Colorado 2020 third round draft choice, selected 75th overall. Not quite as big. He's 5'11", 176, so he's on the smaller size. He's 19 years old, and he is a speed demon. He is a burner. He is one of the fastest skaters you are going to see. He is quick and fast, and there's a distinction between those two. And he can carry the puck and make plays at speed as well, which is super important. Being fast in the first one of the pucks doesn't really mean anything if you can't do anything once you get the puck. Or if you can skate really fast but not handle the puck or read and react while you're carrying it or take passes while you're in top flight. Foodie can do those things. Um, He's got a certain skill level as well that is very impressive. So with no OHL season last year for Foodie to play for with the Windsor Spitfires... Uh, he was a bit of a refugee, so he ended up playing in overseas in Sweden when uh, some league called Hockey at 10, played 10 games there. Uh, then he came back to North America once the American Hockey League got going, played 34 games for the Colorado Eagles, scored 14 points, and saw two playoff games. Now, he's eligible to play in the Ontario Hockey League again, but because of the COVID situation, uh, players that played more than 20 or 25 games, whatever it is, in the American Hockey League last year are eligible to return back to the American Hockey League um, where they typically wouldn't be. It's you play your junior career out and then you can graduate to the American Hockey League or you can leave early to play in the NHL. So Foodie's not really... NHL ready yet, but uh, the Avalanche have decided not to return him to the OHL so far. And he's playing in the American Hockey League and struggling a little. Seven games, no points. He's a minus nine. So not really sure what they're doing with him there. It looks like I haven't watched a game, so I, I can't say how he's played there. But just looking at his stat line, this this strikes me as a player that might be benefiting going back to play a final season in the American or in the Ontario Hockey League. He's still only 19 years old, so there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. It is a great developmental league. Uh, it'll allow him to play top minutes, score lots of goals, get his confidence up, play for Canada at the World Juniors, perhaps. 
and then come back to the American Hockey League the following season. Nine. The ninth-ranked Colorado Avalanche prospect I have is Shane Bowers. So Bowers was drafted by the Ottawa Senators in 2017, first round 28th overall, and acquired by the Colorado Avalanche in the trade that sent Matt DeShane to Ottawa. So Bowers is now 22 years old. He's 6'2", 185, and his development curve has been a bit of a roller coaster. His freshman season, uh, he spent two years in the NCAA with the Boston Terriers, and as a freshman or rookie, uh, he had you know 40 games, 32 points, 17 goals. That's pretty good. Followed that up with 37 games the following season, but dipped to 11 goals and only 21 points. Um, Despite the fact that his production dipped, he signed his pro contract after that season, played four games uh, with the Colorado Eagles in the American Hockey League, didn't have any points, four more playoff games and had an assist. He also suited up for Team Canada that season, playing five games uh, at the World Juniors and had two points. So his first full season in the American Hockey League, and this is pre-pandemic, he produced 27 points in 48 games as a rookie in the American Hockey League. So that's um, a tougher league. So that's actually, I think, uh, moving the needle back up in the the right direction. And then in the lockout shortened, uh, sorry, the pandemic shortened season last year, he played 28 games and had seven goals and only two assists for nine points. So kind of struggled a little bit. We'll kind of maybe give him the benefit of the doubt on this one, being it strange circumstances, playing in empty arenas and only against your division rivals and COVID and all that stuff. So who knows? A little bit of an inconsistent offensive trend here has started to develop, which little concerning and he started the season off injured so he hasn't really played yet he's got one game under his belt so far but he's a player that uh should play the entire season in the american hockey league and this will be his second full season in well technically his third if you can count last season as a full season Uh, i have a hard time doing that because it's only 28 games and whatnot but he is 22 so the clock's ticking on him uh he needs to have a really nice season to either stay on the list or or graduate onto the nhl roster or he's going to find himself on the outside looking in coming in at number 10 we're going to the blue line again another defenseman this time it's going to be uh drew hellison another college defenseman out of Boston, this time with uh, the Boston College Eagles. He's 20 years old now. He is a 2019 Colorado Avalanche um, second-round pick, selected 47th overall, and he's 20. I mentioned that he's got decent size, six foot three, 190. Uh, so the scouting report on him in his draft year read something along the lines of that he's big, mobile, defensive defenseman, and that is not incorrect. He is big, he is mobile, and he's very good in his own end. He breaks up plays quite nicely. Uh, But then, after his draft year, um, he found uh, an offensive level to his game as a freshman with the Eagles. 
So in his rookie season in the NCAA, he only managed six points, one goal, five assists through 28 games. In his freshman season, however, he was named to the American World Junior roster where um, you would assume that he was added to be their defensive shutdown defenseman. And I'm sure that was the thinking, but he managed four points, two goals and two assists through seven games went back to Boston College and continued his offensive tear to the tune of 15 points through 22 games overall that season, four goals and 11 assists. That's pretty impressive. And this season, he is back for a third year, his junior season at Boston College, and he's got one goal and seven points through eight games. So keep in mind that he's a defensive defenseman who's scoring at a point a game pace. He's got good size he's got good mobility and it's just an embarrassment of riches on the colorado avalanche blue line and their prospect pipeline all right so that wraps up my avalanche top 10 rankings again you can catch this article i'll I'll link it in the show notes but uh it's originally posted on nhl rumors and i'll be doing all 32 teams uh i have posted the columbus blue jackets um roster or top 10 prospects already and this week saw the dallas stars go up so you can catch those i'll be doing those podcasts shortly in the next week or two um and hopefully i'll be able to figure out my technological hiccups here and and have a guest back on and uh it really adds a lot more than just listening to me yammer on but to recap my colorado avalanche top 10 first overall Shane uh, Bowen Byram, sorry, uh, defenseman. Second overall forward, Alex Newhook. Third ranked, holding on to his rankings, goaltender Eustace Anunin. At fourth overall, we go Justin Barron. Fifth coming in is Martin Kaut. Sixth overall, I really like Oscar Olison. He's playing in the OHL with the Barry Colts. Number seven, Sampo Ranta sneaks into the NHL right out of the NCAA. Nice. Number eight, uh, Jean-Luc Foodie, uh, holding on to an AHL job, but probably should be back in the O. Uh, number nine, we've got Shane Bowers. Uh, what have you done for me lately? And then number 10, Drew Hellison. This is a prospect on the rise. He'll be a little bit higher in my list next year, if not way higher. So that's my top 10 rankings for the Colorado Avalanche. Now let's talk about some other fantasy-relevant prospects who are capturing my attention early in the season. Um, So I've been able to go to a couple of games. Uh, So a lot of the players that I'll talk about are coming out of the American Hockey League or the OHL, um, just because I've been paying more attention to those leagues because they're a little bit close to home. Uh, So I didn't see Scott Brunovich play. He's uh, Springfield uh, with St. Louis Blues prospect. So the Blues drafted him out of, uh, well, he's played in the NCAA. He was a Hobie Baker award winner. And I was thinking that after he finished his college career, that he could go straight to the NHL. He's he's that good. He's a good offensive transitional defenseman. He's only 25% fan tracks owned. And last season was his first season as a pro. And he missed it entirely, not because of COVID, but because he had an injury. So he didn't play at all last year, which can be devastating and can take young players in their 20-something a little bit of time to get their feet back under their belt. Not the case here. He hit the ground running as a AHL rookie. 
He's got 10 points through six games, two goals, eight assists as a rookie defenseman in the American Hockey League. He's going to be in the NHL in no time, and he's going to be great when he gets there. I think the St. Louis Blues have themselves a, a blue chip prospect here. And the fact that he's only 25% fan track zone tells me that um, he's he's got some good availability in, in some of your leagues. So he's a player that you might have to stash him for the better part of this season. He might not contribute to a championship for you this year, but he's coming and he's going to be a good one. Next is a player I have seen live this season. Happy to say uh, Buffalo Sabres prospect Jack Quinn played with the Rochester Americans just down the street from me against the Belleville Senators. He is 29% fan tracks owned, so a little bit higher, but still available in two thirds of all leagues. And last season, he was drafted in the first round by Buffalo out of the Ottawa 67s, ahead of Jack Quinn, to the surprise of many. And I kind of beat up on him a little bit on my Buffalo Sabres top 10 prospect rankings with Joe Yurden, where um, he was a second-ranked prospect on the Sabres, um, but I basically said they should have drafted Marco Rossi or a couple other players ahead of him. That might have been incorrect. He's got 10 points through six games this season. Five goals and five assists. And last year, because there was no OHL for him to go back to, they went ahead and played him um, in the World Juniors. He played uh, seven games and had five goals and then finished the year in the American Hockey League, 15 games, two goals and seven assists for nine points. So that's pretty good for an 18-year-old in the American Hockey League. Um, And even better what he's doing this year with over a, a point, almost two points a game, five goals and five assists in six games. Now, the game that I saw him play, he had great deployment. He played in a, in a top six role on the wing, and the, the Rochester lost the game to Belleville. Um, Belleville, I think it was 7-4 to four or something like that was the final score, or 7-3. to three. So it was not a blowout, but it wasn't a really close game. And Rochester had an extended power play with over a minute of a two-man advantage and weren't able to score on it. And the power play pretty much kind of ran through Jack Quinn on the half wall. They kept trying to give the puck to him every chance they get. He's got a good shot, and he distributes the puck and sees the ice really well, and he's got really good hands. He he just can't seem to give this kid a a pass that he can't handle, or he he can't give him a bad pass. He just takes them all and makes makes it look good. But he really struggled the game that I watched him play. So that just must be a one-off. The stats say so. Um, he might have got a, a secondary assist or something, but certainly wasn't um, certainly wasn't able to con- to contribute and and cash the chances that he was getting. And by the third period, he was he was showing signs of visible frustration, slamming his stick and and whatnot. Um, there was one really funny play where he was back checking hard. Uh, on a Ottawa rush up the ice and you'll notice that sometimes a player who's behind a teammate will give him a, a little push on the bum with his stick to kind of give him a boost well Jack Quinn got one of those boosts from from his uh his teammate and I don't think he was ready for it because it he basically made him fall down and it turned a, a three on two to a three on one and and Belleville scored and that's when it looked like Jack Quinn was was really at his wits end in that night and that was late in the third another player I want to talk about is uh Columbus Blue Jackets prospect Tyler Angle he's playing with Cleveland 
Uh, it doesn't have the same kind of draft pedigree that Quinn has. Uh, he's a much later draft pick and had a a good OHL career, but uh, you know, not a star, not a World Junior household name. And he's only three percent fan tracks owned. Um, so he played out his four years of junior hockey, and then last year was his first year as a pro in the American Hockey League, and he tore it up. Uh, you know, it, as you see junior players through the OHL and WHL and whatnot, uh, their first year they score a little bit, and then their draft year is their second year, and then they, they, they progress as they go along to the point where they're, you know, a point a game or a 100-point player in their fourth year, and then they go to the next level and play in the American Hockey League and score 20 points in, in 60 games or whatever the case may be. Last year, his rookie year in the American Hockey League, he played um, 23 games and had 24 points. So he maintained his point-per-game status as a rookie in the American Hockey League um, and maintains his rookie eligibility as well uh, this season. And he's got eight points through eight games. Hasn't scored a goal yet, but still point a game player. Um, and only 3% fan track zone. So Tyler Angle is a player I think is is a lot of people are sleeping on. And is a player you might be able to get off your waiver wire. You'll have to stash him for a year. Uh, but I think he's a great free add to your prospect pool if he's available. Um, keep in mind, I, I don't think that he's got you know, Jack Quinn and Scott Perunovich sort of upside, not necessarily going to be a dominant offensive player in the NHL when he gets there, but I'm talking about a player you can get for free off the waiver wire that is a point-of-game player as a rookie in the American Hockey League and plays for Columbus. Uh, so there's a lot of opportunity for him to break that roster as as they're looking at, at rebuilding. Um, so you'll hear about him on my Columbus Blue Jackets top 10 prospect rankings coming out soon. Uh, the article's already out if you want to read it. Um, just go check it out on NHL Rumors. Uh, so there's three players from the AHL. And next up I want to talk about is a college player, NCAA, Carter Savoie. Uh, he is uh, Edmonton Oilers prospect playing for the University of Denver as his brother, uh, Savoy is playing for the Winnipeg Ice, and they're just they're just being ridiculous. But back to Carter, um, he is eight percent fan tracks owned, and he is scoring at two point per game pace in the NCAA in his second um, sophomore season. Six games, six goals, six point assists, twelve points. Last season, as a freshman, he had 20 points through 24 games, 13 goals, and 7 assists. Pretty impressive offensive numbers for a 19-year-old. I believe he's 19, maybe 20. Uh, so, you know, he's a, a player to put on your watch list. 8% fan tracks owned or just snag him up. Uh, skipping over to another player that I saw live, this time in the OHL. I'm... Um, went to a couple of Frontenacs games now. I saw them play the Peterborough Peets. And Tucker Robertson is a player who is making some noise. Through nine games this season, he's got 16 points. And he was draft eligible last year and was not drafted in 2021. Um, he did not play any games in 2021 in his draft year. 
So that might have something to do with why he wasn't drafted. He's also 5'10", 190, so not exactly a huge guy. Um, but uh, in 1920, in his rookie season in the OHL, he had 18 points through 55 games. So that's not too bad for a rookie. Um, but he's certainly making some noise this season in his um, D plus one season. And he would be a really strong candidate to be a, a redraft player, an overage drafted player. So he's certainly someone who uh, you might want to keep an eye on. His name, again, is Tucker Robertson, and he plays for the Peterborough Peets. Uh, moving along to the WHL, um, my friend um, Joel Henderson, formerly of Dauber Prospects, when he was on, he talked to me about uh, a prospect that he was really high on in his draft year in 2020, and that's Tristan Robbins. And right now he is 5% Fantrax owned. He's a San Jose Sharks uh, draftee. He's selected in the second round of the 20 draft, 56 overall. And he's in the dub playing for... Uh, Saskatchewan, I believe it is. Uh, 10 games, 7 goals, 14 assists for 21 points. So over 2 points a game. Um, last time I checked, that was pretty good. Last season, in the short season, he had 23 points in 16 games, 10 goals. So he's a little undersized, but he's obviously a very gifted offensive dynamic forward. Um, right winger, someone who's at 5% Fantrax ownership. You'd have to wait on him for a year or two before he's competing for an NHL roster and a position on your fantasy team. But I think the upside with this player is is pretty significant. Uh, definitely a top six sort of candidate. Sticking in the WHL, I mentioned uh, Matt Savoy. He's uh, tanned up with the Winnipeg Ice in the WHL. They have seven of the top 10 league leading scorers. Um, they are just dominating junior hockey, killing their opponents, scoring at will. Uh, some players of note on that roster uh, include Philadelphia Flyers prospect Connor McLennan and two top draft choices for the upcoming 22 draft and Matt Savoy and Connor Geeky and Connor Geeky's making some noise here. He, he could be a, a top five pick. These are both going to be first round players. All right. One last player I want to talk about is back in the OHL and that's Sasha Pasajov. He was just named the OHL player of the month for the first month of October. He's a right-wing, left-wing, Anaheim Ducks prospect playing with the Guelph Storm. He is only 11% Fantrax owned, and through 10 games played, he's got 10 goals and 7 assists for 17 points. He's a goal-a-game player. He was drafted in the 2021 entry draft by the Ducks, third round, 66th overall. Last season, uh, 21-22, he played for a uh, U.S. national team where he had 41 games, 65 points, and he also played in the U18 tournament where he played five games, had five goals, and eight assists. So 
goal a game player at three different levels the u18 um, five goals in five games with the u.s national team in the ushl he had uh, 30 goals in 41 games so a little bit less than a goal a game there and he's 10 goals in 10 games in the ontario hockey league with guelph uh, again, only 11% fan tracks owned, so a lot of ownership opportunity for this prospect. He could play another year in the Ontario Hockey League and then a season or two in the uh, American Hockey League before he's ready to go to the NHL. So it's the long game with Sasha Pasajov, but he's, and he's certainly got some, some holes and warts in his game that he's got to work out. But there's no reason to think that he can't do that. And his offense is undeniable. Uh, he could be a real fantasy contributor for you in the future. So that's it for this show. Thanks for listening. Uh, a couple of podcasts that I've been just gobbling up lately that I kind of wanted to share with you. Uh, I heard about a podcast called Showbound. And it's hosted by um, Barry Colt's active player, Ethan Cardwell. Uh, and Michael Raskin, uh, so they, they have a great show with good guests and, uh, they, they talk a lot of junior hockey, uh, more junior hockey for you to listen to. Uh, it's 30 plus seasons going now. So you've probably heard of the junior hockey magazine, but it's hosted by, uh, TSN's Gino Retta and it's a great show. Keeps you up to date with what's going on in the world of junior hockey. It's, there's a lot of leagues out there to keep up with. Um, so if, if, you know, you, you can't keep up with the OHL, the Q, and the Dub, um, and the CJHL. Uh, that's a it's a great little short podcast um, every week with Gino Retta, and he's got good uh, league insiders that, that tell you all the, the the comings and goings of what's happened across the CHL and other leagues. And then another one that's a little bit more fantasy driven. My friends at the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast, the FH FH Show. Um, they do a weekly show very similar to the boys over at Keeping Carlson, so a little bit more of the same. Uh, they also have a really good Discord as well. You should check that out. Um, so just just paying forward some um, some podcast love. Uh, I'll share a couple more in another episode or two. Uh, there's some I'm listening to, but those are it for now. Again, if this is your first time listening to the show, thanks very much. And if you're a subscriber, thanks for subscribing and thanks for for listening and keep on enjoying the show if you have guests you want me to have on the show shoot me a message on twitter if you want to interact with me at dpr underscore show uh ask questions about your fantasy team uh specific players uh, i'm happy to interact with with the listeners and, and talk hockey when i can um and uh, until then thanks for listening and keep your stick on the ice <laughs>